Welcome to the Padres Chair, an insightful commentary on everyday life presented by Dr. Tim Schroeder. Sometimes controversial, always reflective, the Padres Chair will nudge you to consider current reality through the lens of time-honored truths found in the Holy Scriptures. The goal of each podcast is to cause you to wrestle with the impact these ancient truths have on your own life. Here's Tim with today's topic. I had no intention of doing this podcast. My plan was to break from podcasting for the summer and then re-engage post-summer to complete the Recalibrate series. But then it happened. Something so important, something of such consequence, I simply couldn't keep quiet. While not pretending to put myself in the same rank as any ancient prophet, I confess to feeling something like the prophet Jeremiah must have felt when in a completely different context he said, and it's, it's like I have a fire in my bones and I can't hold it in. Am I being overly dramatic? In one word, no. Because what I want to talk about today is something so important It is threatening the entire world while simultaneously jeopardizing the credibility and the unity of the Christian church. Now, what could possibly possess that kind of power? Simple. An attitude. An attitude that can look a critical, world-threatening problem right in the eye and interpret it only from the perspective of how it impacts me. No thought of the weak or vulnerable. No thought of the marginalized. No thought of the broader implications for our faith. Only thoughts of me, my preferences, my desires, my rights. And yes, lest there be any doubt, I'm talking about COVID, specifically the Delta variant and our response or lack of response to it through the vaccine. When when COVID first struck, the whole world was ambushed. Could we have been better prepared? Possibly, in fact, probably. But then who could have anticipated something like this? Then came the second wave. By that point, we were starting to take some action. Appropriate responses were being furiously investigated, but much was still being learned and much more still to be figured out. We were starting to understand the virus and what worked and what didn't to contain its spread, but we were still only taking baby steps. Then, as the battle continued, a major breakthrough occurred. Medical science developed a vaccine that appeared effective. Were there some problems with the rollout? For sure. Were there some problems early on with unanticipated reactions to the vaccine? Again, admittedly, yes. Not many, but there were some. But researchers continued the fight until the point was reached where proven vaccines with negligible side effects more than 95% effective in preventing serious illness or death became available. And that, that caused guys like me to say, like, praise God and thank you to the scientists. We now had the capability to end this horrible event, which to date either directly killed or contributed to the deaths of an estimated four and a quarter million people worldwide, more than 600,000 in the United States, and about 27,000 in Canada. We were on track 
to stop the spread. And then the unthinkable happened. Never could I have imagined it. I would not have believed it if you told me. With a proven vaccine readily available, person after person, many of them people of faith, refused to take it. Now, to be fair, some have very real deep-seated cares and fears, and they require a special and very different approach than this podcast is going to take. Others, however, have spouted the most outrageous conspiracy theories. They have claimed that vaccination is almost anything evil one can imagine. And worst of all, there has been a group, a large group, that has outright stated that many of those who have gotten really sick with the virus and many of those who have died did so because they had other health-related concerns, other comorbidities, and since they don't have any such complications, they consider themselves safe and consequently won't take the vaccine. They have essentially said to hell with the vulnerable, to hell with the marginalized, to hell with the young children who as of yet are unable to be vaccinated, to hell with those whose immune systems are compromised with, with cancer and chemotherapy treatments, to hell with the completely worn out medical personnel. This group has said if they don't consider themselves to be at risk, they will refuse to take action on behalf of those who are. Now let me cut to the chase. Why am I, a person of faith, a pastor, and a chaplain, who's committed to focus on spiritual matters, podcasting about this? It's because nothing I can imagine is more anti-Christian than that attitude. It goes counter to almost everything the founder of our faith, Jesus himself, both taught and modeled. And so in one last-ditch effort, adding to the voices of so many medical and community leaders, I want to add my voice and do anything I can to stop the advance of this virus, to get people healthy and safe, and enjoying life more the way our Creator designed us for. Now, for the remaining moments, I want to address four talking points related to the virus and the reluctance of some to take action to stop it. Now, to be crystal clear, I'm not a doctor or a scientist. I'm just a normal person who happens to believe deeply that the values and principles of the Bible do impact issues such as this. So, with all that as background, here's what I want to discuss. Number one, cognitive dissonance. Now, that's a big term that you all understand, even if the term itself might be unfamiliar. Humankind is designed to embrace inner peace. We are designed for harmony. When our beliefs and our behavior are in alignment, just like properly balanced and aligned tires on a car, we ride with inner smoothness. Even when we encounter some external bumps, and we all do, if there's inner peace and harmony, those bumps are quite readily navigated. When there's dissonance, however, when beliefs and behavior are out of alignment, when they clash, 
one or the other has to give. No less a person than St. Paul described this in Romans chapter 7, where he called himself a wretched man, or some translate it, a miserable human being, because he said, I know the right thing to do, and yet I don't do it. He was experiencing dissonance. It's often observable when people who claim to love and follow Jesus start engaging in behavior that is contrary to his teachings, contrary to what they know is right. Something breaks on the inside, and they rather quickly move to modify either their beliefs or their behavior. And sadly, many make the wrong choice and sacrifice their beliefs rather than changing their behavior. This is exactly what is happening with the response to the vaccine. People who know better, intelligent people, people of faith, begin spouting the most ridiculous beliefs about the vaccine as if what they're saying is true. Because in their minds, it justifies their lack of action. For example, and here I'm quoting from CBC News, a common but thoroughly debunked conspiracy theory suggests that mRNA vaccines are actually a form of experimental gene modification. And so some people refuse the vaccine because they think it's going to impact their ability to reproduce. Now let's be crystal clear. That line of thinking has been absolutely proven false. COVID shots, such as those from Pfizer and Moderna, absolutely can't alter someone's genes. It is physically, scientifically impossible for mRNA to be incorporated into a person's DNA, says Dr. Zane Chagla of McMaster University in Hamilton. He says it's scientifically impossible. And yet, to justify not taking the vaccine, people continue to argue points like this, which have been proved false. Their argument is tantamount to saying, you better not eat beef or you're going to turn into a cow. So why do normal, reasonable, intelligent people do that? Why? Because they're clinging to information that will restore harmony in their dissonant world. They're clinging to beliefs that align with their lack of action. And so I plead with you, and I'm not too proud to beg you, please, to anyone who is still refusing the vaccine because Dr. Google is telling you it's not safe. Please look directly in the mirror and ask yourself why you are so willing to believe that 2 plus 2 equals 7 rather than trusting what you know is right and what 99.9% .9 of the best medical and scientific minds in the world are telling us. Could it be you have some other issues going on that have nothing whatsoever to do with the vaccine? And those are the issues that are keeping you from doing the right thing? Second talking point. And I got to tell you, this one is painful to me. This is the most divisive issue in both society and the church. If we don't get a handle on this soon, People will lose jobs, churches will split, friendships will dissolve, even families will go their separate ways. All over the response to the vaccine, it's already happening. This is very personal to me. I have some friends and family 
who I not only really like, I'll use the love word, I've got people in my life I love, but from whom I need to keep distant because of their refusal to be vaccinated. You see, I have a wife scheduled for surgery. I have a daughter who's pregnant. I have some grandchildren who are too young to be vaccinated. And I'm choosing to not risk exposure because someone else chooses to not be vaccinated. But the loss of those relationships, man, that hurts deeply. Furthermore, almost my entire family is in either the medical or education field. And the unnecessary risks posed by the unvaccinated threatens and adds to the complexity of their lives on a daily basis. And I got to tell you, it's hard to not resent people who are doing this to my own loved ones by choice. Every area of life is impacted by this. And we can't get back to free, unimpeded corporate worship with a mixture of vaccinated and unvaccinated people, at least some of whom are immune compromised. The choice of some to resist vaccination actually limits somebody going through chemotherapy from attending worship at the exact time they need it most. Forget something as important as worship. Heck, we can't even cheer our teams together in packed hockey arenas. In order to live in harmony, we have already learned to surrender some of our rights, all for the good of others. You know this is true. We can't smoke in public spaces because it poses a health risk to others. Can't walk down the street naked because it impacts others. You can't even walk down the street shouting loud profanities because your behavior is a disturbance to others. Living in harmony has always required a surrender of individual rights. This time is no different, except that the consequences are much higher stake. In a previous podcast, I referred to St. Paul's description of Jesus in Philippians chapter 2. Jesus, who had all the rights you could imagine, all the rights in heaven and on earth, and who chose to surrender those rights for our sake. And Paul goes on and he says, you ought to have that same attitude yourselves. In verse 4 of that, of that chapter in Philippians, he said, Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. If we don't, the divisions and alienation are just going to grow on every front. Third, this issue ignores God-given scientific discovery. I've already alluded to this, so I'm going to go quickly, starting with an unrelated analogy. Anybody who knows me personally knows that I can't even assemble an IKEA chair without calling a friend for help. I I just don't have any competence in that area. But I also have several friends who have devoted their entire lives to the construction industry. Some of them have degrees and years of experience, and they've built significant buildings. So if if you wanted to build a 10-story building, who would wisdom dictate you call? My friends or me? Even if I said, hey, I've spent considerable time on, on Google, and I've read up on how the construction industry has failed others, who would a wise person still call to build the building? Even if I could find a a small handful of disillusioned builders who knew of some scams that had been run in construction and had exposed them, 
who would you still turn to, me or my friends? It's a nonsensical argument, I know. And yet it's exactly what is happening in this world of the vaccine. I know for a fact that most medical specialists have 12 to 15 years of training. They have an undergraduate university degree followed by medical school, followed by approximately a five-year residency, plus their years of experience. And yet people who have spent a handful of hours online think they are better able to make life and death decisions than those medical specialists. And of course, they can always find someone who they can quote who thinks that all doctors are a scam. And then, here's where this all gets really frustrating, when real tragedy strikes, when real medical issues arise, when the virus makes people really sick, it's precisely to that medical community that they rejected that they turn clogging up emergency and ICU wards, causing cancellation of other scheduled medical procedures. They ignore medical science when it's convenient, and then when they're really in need for an illness that could have been prevented, it's precisely where they turn. Folks, what's happening is unconscionable, and it's all based on a false sense of, I know better than the experts. I like to regularly read from the Proverbs, which are full of statements about practical life and statements on humility and wisdom. One that I especially like and personally need is Proverbs 14, 15, which says this, The simple believe anything, but the prudent give thought to their steps. In this debate, we need to humble ourselves enough to trust the experts. I, for one, have had to totally admit that I am a simple person. I don't know all the medical scientific data that God has allowed others to learn. But I just need to be humble enough to rely on the wisdom of those who know more than I do. Finally, last talking point. Refusing the vaccine on non-medical grounds violates the heart of Jesus. Perhaps my favorite part of the New Testament was captured by a scholar named Scott McKnight who called it the Jesus Creed. It captures Jesus' heart more simply than anything else I've ever heard. One day, a, a lawyer was trying to trip Jesus up. And so he asked him to name the single most important commandment. And to his surprise, Jesus did so. And he named not one, but two. And I suggest to you that these two commandments pretty much summarize life. Jesus said the first commandment is that you love God with your whole heart, your whole soul, your mind, and your strength. Just love God with everything you have. Simple. There is a God we need to love and honor him above anything else. But then Jesus said, there's a second commandment. He says, you've got to love your neighbor as yourself. Folks, that's it. Love God, love people. It's no more complicated than that. And yet those who oppose the vaccine declare that if they aren't at risk, they won't take it. Some suggest taking it shows fear or a lack of true faith. Others think it's a violation of their rights. What it really is in the middle of a worldwide pandemic is a violation of the single most basic expression of loving our neighbors. Being vaccinated is one way to fulfill the command of Jesus. I titled this podcast, The 
shouldn't be needed podcast. I really do wish it wasn't needed. I also acknowledge, I know that in doing this podcast, it might strain some relationships that I really value. If that's true, it really saddens me. But this issue is too important to not address. So please, please, share this with everyone you know, and let's do our part to stop a virus that is injuring so many of God's children. Thank you for joining this episode of the Padres Chair. We hope that you found it stimulating as you consider the role God plays in your everyday life. If you find the Padres Chair helpful, then please pass it on to others who you think will appreciate it.